putting the sub in substandard. Here's the substandard podcast. Where's your room? With Scott down the hall. Is that your gift? Putting up with that guy? Actually, I'm telekinetic. I can move things with my mind. Really? What kinds of things? All kinds of things. I also have some telepathic ability. Like your professor? Nowhere near that powerful. But he's teaching me to develop it. I'm sure he is. So read my mind. I'd rather not. Come on. You afraid you might like it? Hello, and welcome back to the Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Jonathan V. Last and Sunny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that the Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look at a podcast, search for Substandard. You will easily find us. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that the Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. If you have questions about them, you should tweet him at JV Last. Always. And even if you just want to say, how are you, tweet JV right. Last. Exactly. I think that's a nice thing. Um, and how are we doing, gentlemen? Sonny, how are you doing? Uh, I'm great. I had a nice little weekend and uh, uh, have gotten the, the week off to a, a good start. We're, uh, we're, we're just uh, rolling along. It casted the bunch. On a scale of one to ten, Sonny, how are you? I think we should really start ranking everything. everything. The bunch. Uh, well, I, I I would say that I'm currently at a resting like seven, mm-hmm. se- seven point two. But that's the uh, that's the bunch scale, which yeah, for right. the rest of us is like a three. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it be the other way around? The way around. Oh, Wait, right. no, I'm right. like a seven. It's like a seven. Like you seven, be, then we're like a twenty. Be like a we're through 15 the roof. We're through the roof. Right. Eleven. Eleven. JVL. How are you doing? I'm great. Vic, I know we had a plan for this show today, oh but boy. I need to swerve us a little bit we, here. We, 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 because I brought exciting. a present for you. Oh, Uh-oh. boy. I uh, is brought it, a gift. Is it, is it visual or is it edible or is it <laughs> quaffable? Insertable. <laughs> Pick one. You have it for a computer, you mean. It's actually not even for me. It's from my wife. Why are you standing in front of me? It oh. is from my wife. Oh, who hey. was out running some errands, and she came home uh, with this thing that she said she saw, oh and she knew that you had to have. My gosh. Slim Jim. Thank you. She's a mind reader. It is this oh, new look at this. Beauty oh, and the Beast special edition color create and draw book which has pictures high res beautiful pictures of emma watson this. on every this single page in color draw. well i wow. love in all of her various costumes i'm using it right now to fan myself because because i'm getting warm in here i love beauty and the beast it's a wonderful tale and i love the original i can't wait to see the human version of this movie <laughs> Some people call it live action, but you can just call oh, it human. It's humans. Oh no, no! I thought I thought it was one of these smell. Oh, uh, he literally just—he smelled it. Scratch and sniff. Oh, I thought it was God. like scratch and, and sniff. And if you look through, they're can they're really beautiful. And, no. and you can draw whatever you like yeah, next no, to the pictures gosh. of Emma Watson. And she's like, you could make your own Mad Libs. Like she's essentially. like she's like thirty-two. Okay, I'm just gonna. Play. Own, but, but wait, there's more. Oh my gosh, what I took. The liberty myself. <laughs> this is a, an embarrassment of riches today. Of taking one of the pages in that book that I thought looked really like something you would treasure. It's crazy. And I yes. cut it out and uh-huh. I had it laminated. 
for you know because you did have, it's literally because it's you laminated. Have, you literally did have it laminated because Vic. You know uh, the reason I had it laminated. Often when you go hiking, you're a noted outdoorsman, and yeah. when you yes, go hiking, if you are worried about the weather, your essential gear I'm needs sweating. to be waterproofed. Oh so things like your map. Oh yes, and to, to guide yeah. you through the and my photo. And I of- assume that if you were going to be alone by yourself somewhere where there might be water, uh, you would want your picture. Of Emma Watson in that dress. Or the beast on the other side. Take your pick. <laughs> He's very hairy. And this way you don't have to worry. Oh, look at this. Draw the beast as a handsome prince and add some more portraits to the castle walls. That's And exciting. when you're done, you wipe it off and you can do it again. Oh, my gosh. This Draw even, it. I don't even know about this. We may have to delete that part. How are you otherwise? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I've been planning this for like four days, and I kind of expected more. JVL, JVL actually texts. Well, I mean, he's actually struggling not to have a heart attack yes. right now, JVL. He's like, he's, his, his, his blood pressure is clearly through the roof. You know he's not a well man. I think I know, this, is really, I know, I know. this is really inappropriate of you to do. I have, I've been having problems breathing lately. It's from a uh, cold or allergy, and there's a pain on my right side, which I think right. is because I recently did 10 Your right side of what? Of my chest. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> That was relieved later, but uh, I do bet I did ten push-ups, and then now it feels a pain. So I'm gonna say it's that, and not anything cardiovascular. Okay, good, good. That's uh, I am I am Is worried it dark about you. in here. It's okay. there. There are dark circles spreading out from under your armpits, and I'm curious <laughs> as to why why that's happening. I don't. I worry. Uh, I worry about you. Vic. I can't wait to see this movie. Yes. Carry nitroglycerin tablets, Vic. Uh, yes, like LBJ. <laughs> he he used to pop them in the middle of a speech. He just pop in a nitroglycerin tablet. Um, okay, so JVL, how else? Come on, I otherwise you did, Emma that's too much for right. you. That's too much. It's too much. It's uh, Sonny will agree. It's too much. Okay. No, it's just the right amount. <laughs> This is just the right amount. Just the right amount. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing this touche. I'm doing my touche gesture. Yes. Okay. No, that's not a touche. That's a rolling curtain roll. Rolling curtain Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's the Doc Severinsen rolling curtain Oh, yes. That's right. Doc Severinsen. Is he still with us? I assume. I assume. I haven't heard otherwise. A lot of visual aids in the first six minutes of the show. I really hope everybody's able to follow along. This at is home. why I want to do the YouTube live cast of our absolutely show. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're the one who comes to these things dressed up like a grown up. Well, Sorry. just because I'm dressed up like a grown up, that doesn't mean I want everyone to see my grown up clothes. <laughs> Most people just call them as clothes. A, as opposed to. Okay. As opposed I wear my grown-up clothes to the human, human movies. Clothes. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. This is great. No leash. Uh, good show. Good show, guys. Good show. <laughs> it's it's really, really crushing. That's all the time we're going to give you right. this week. Thank you. Well, that was a great show. Uh, all right. So, okay. Talk to me. So, my, my son has been reading a bunch. So, his hippie school has him doing... Uh, Lots of biography, so for their for their reading, so they they get a week to read a biography of some historical figure, and then they get a test on them, and they have to write a, an essay about them, et cetera, et cetera. And it has been a mixed bag. He has not liked some of the people he's had to write about. Who are some of the terrible people he hasn't liked? Uh, he did not like Crispus Attic. He... What? Oh. One of the original American heroes, Crispus Attucks. Yes. Like Crispus Attucks, the massacre. He liked Jackie Robinson. Well, sure. But he loved Harriet Tubman. Mm. Mm. 
So he would come down every night, like telling about the amazing stuff Harriet Tubman did, and then she took a shotgun, and and it was clear that in in my son's imagination, Harriet Tubman is the original American badass. Which, by the way, is probably pretty close to the truth. I don't know about original, but she's certainly one of the like greats, American sure. badass. Yeah, yes. right. No, I mean she her wrestling intro would be the Undertaker's like biker phase where she comes in on a giant Harley and there's pyro going <laughs> off and stuff. Uh, Shooting cap guns into the air. <laughs> and it got me thinking that I would kind of love a Harriet Tubman movie in which she we, we find out that it's an alt history and she's a mutant who is a X-Men style superhero. Mm-hmm. And that that's how she was doing all this amazing. She had some sort of awesome superpower, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's how she what was would it killing be, though? all the Do you bad think it would be, yeah, what would would it be psychic, or would it be some sort of physical attribute? Now, I'm thinking something like the Cyclops, you know, eye blast, oh, eye blast or oh, really? like that. Yeah. Would, no, but it would have to be something sneaky, because, I mean, her whole thing was she was sneaking people out of slavery right, and into right, freedom, yeah. so it would have to but be something like... what's sneakier than, like, you know, this old woman and who, then like, she just blasts you? Blows you mm-hmm. away. Well, this would definitely be the Harriet Tubman movie made by Doug Ellen, the creator of Entourage. That's actually happening, by the way. That's a thing that's in production So there is right a Harriet now. Tubman movie. Harriet Tubman movie made by Doug Ellen where she has Cyclops powers. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it would have to be it would have to be something, like, it would, she would have to be able to, like, deaden noise or something or, like, misdirection or, I, like, it would have to be cleverer than she's just, like... You're gonna make her jubilee? She could make lights appear someplace else. Well, that would people. be the opposite of being able to hide, wouldn't it? Maybe she could, like... That's distracting. She could, she could like... What, who was, wasn't there a mutant who could, like, take light away? Mm. Who could like remove light and make it? Am I thinking of like that's dagger? Cloak? That's cloak. cloak, not dagger. That's cloak. Maybe she was. Maybe she's was the forebear of cloak, and that's how we tie it into the X Men expanded universe. That's a little on the nose since cloak is one of the original African American. Well, look, heroes. I'm wow. I'm just trying to keep it within continuity, man. I'm a continuity door. I don't, door. I don't need it to be in continuity. I just want like phase in and out of walls. How's that? Oh, Kitty Pride style. I like that. That's go. a great power See? for her. That would be a pretty or, good power. Yeah. Or then go phase into a body and then kill the person, right? And then how you could do well, it. Well, no, that she way. would like would shock you? somebody, right? right? Like right. she like knocks them unconscious. Could you stick she... your fist, like phase it into a person and make it solve in their head? Right. No, no. This oh. is a thing that Kitty Pride would do. Like when she did her Japanese assassin stuff with Logan. Oh, now it's like R. Like the Kitty mm-hmm. Pride Wolverine yes, yes, thing. Yes, yes. Uh, one of the reasons Kitty Pride is a perfect assassin is because she can do that. She can mm-hmm. phase through walls and then like you know stick an ice pick through somebody's head. And, or their finger, her finger through their head, or something like that. Yes, I like that. You Kitty like Pride, Harry, and Tubman. Very much. I was always. I want this movie. I was always impartial to Mary McLeod Bethune, the educator, the teacher. If you go to Lincoln Park in Capitol Hill, there is a beautiful memorial to Mary McLeod Bethune. But the only disconcerting thing is if you go there, you may confuse her for me because it looks like me uh, as a statue. So you'll have to look it up. <laughs> her head's very about, large. It's about to scale. It's the scale. Now, it's a large statue, but the head size is about the same. It's about the same. It looks like, I thought, oh my gosh, if they ever get a new Mary McLeod Bethune uh, memorial, I'd like to keep the other one and put it <laughs> in my backyard, even though it's wearing a dress. Um, Wait, what, yes. what, I don't understand what the problem, what that would be. That would make a lot of sense, actually. No, really. It's I was all, it's sitting all coming there together. in the park years ago looking at her, and I thought, wait a minute, why does she look so familiar? Oh. Were you feeding the pigeons? I know. <laughs> just sitting there. Uh, yeah, just right. sitting there, yeah. Lincoln Park. You, you woke nice. up on a Sunday. Sunday morning in Lincoln Park. Like, yes. how did I? How did get I get here? here? How did I get here? That happened to a former colleague of ours once, I think. Funnily enough, it was yeah. after the Georgetown Bethune Cook annual game. Oh, yeah. don't they always play each other? Bethune in Cookman. Bethune, Bethune Cookman. Cookman. Bethune don't, 
Bethune-Cookman always play each other in the They pre-season? used to because uh, Bethune-Cookman's coach was Horace Broadnax, a former uh, player of uh, the old, he played for the old man. Horace Broadnax? Broadnax. His name is Broadnax? Broad, yeah, Broadnax. N-A-X. N-A-X. Broadnax. Yeah, Horace Broadnax. Does he wear Prada jeans? I'm not sure. I haven't heard that product placement in a while. But speaking of turning people into mutants, and you mentioned Logan. Uh, Logan, uh, the movie, had a massive uh, box office uh, this past weekend. Uh, domestically, it did about $85.3 million, and globally, about $237-238 million. It's massive. I did not see Logan. I haven't seen it yet. I want to, just because you guys did, and JVL, uh, I think you were more bullish on it than Sonny, but what did you guys think? Sonny, what did you think? Uh, so Logan, for our listeners who are living under a rock, is essentially the final movie in the uh, Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, X-Men cycle, right? It's set in the year 2029. Uh, Hugh Jackman, a.k.a. Wolverine, a.k.a. Logan, is living in Mexico in an abandoned industrial area with uh, Professor X, who uh, is suffering from some sort of dementia or, you know... Uh, Alzheimer's or something. Alzheimer's, and is... Uh, uh, thus prone to these debilitating psychic attacks that radiate out for blocks, miles. It's it's hard to say exactly, but he he really puts the hurt on people when he's having one of these attacks. Uh, and he, they're on the run because of one one such attack in Westchester, which of course is where the X Men were uh, located. Um, uh, while living on the run and while trying to save up enough money to buy a boat so they can move out to the middle of the ocean where these attacks won't won't hurt anyone. Uh, a young child stumbles into uh, Logan and Professor X's life who uh, bears an uncanny resemblance to one Wolverine. She's, uh, she has claws. She has a healing factor. Uh, the, she has an adamantium skeleton, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they have to get this girl to freedom in Canada. Canada is where she will be safe. Um, it, it, Canada is also where he's originally from. Canada is where Logan slash Wolverine is originally from. He's uh, a, a Canadian, the only great Canadian superhero, uh, really, uh, except for maybe North is North Star Canadian. North Star is Canadian. Yeah, but not great. Not so great. That's that's the problem. Uh, anyway, uh, the 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 uh, the movie involved. It's it's it starts as kind of a kind of dystopic, uh, not really dystopic. It's just sad because their life is very sad. Uh, uh, setting and then they move up through America and it turns into kind of a road trip picture. Um, I saw someone on Twitter describe it as Little Little Miss Mutant Sunshine, which actually feels about right. It, wow. like, there's like kind of a, a humor aspect to it and it's very, it's you know, they, they really throw on the touching elements, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I liked it. I gave it, a, I was, I gave it a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes where I'm a very important film critic and uh, I, and I, I thought it was okay, but I don't love it as much as everyone else seems to have and i think jbl is with me on that jbl yeah no it's good i liked it i enjoyed myself i think it's probably the second best of the wolverine movies no but i love the wolverine i I really love the wolverine and which is one of my favorite marvel movies Uh, i don't understand the head exploding this is the greatest superhero movie ever man mm. thing which seems to have happened over the weekend yep. except to say that if you're going to say anything about anything on twitter this seems to, things have to be either the greatest or the worst way over yeah, the top yeah. right there right. nobody can nobody can just say hey this is a good movie <laughs> yeah um, 
because then nobody retweets you or something. Right. I don't know. I mean, is this is this correct? I do think. Well, I mean, there's certainly an element of critical groupthink that surrounds basically every movie nowadays. I I, I want to say it was Armand White or somebody else. I, I'll try and find the piece so you can put it in show notes that. Uh, 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 talked about how film criticism in the age of aggregation has basically... Uh, oh, no, it was Owen Gleiberman in his memoir. I'm sorry. Owen Gleiberman in his memoir said that, the, that ironically, in this age of super diverse voices and uh, more people having access to, uh, to criticism and to being able to write criticism than ever, critics have like decided to use their power to... like to glom around certain movies and push them as like products that everyone has to see and and uh as a result you get these weird kind of uh, uh confluences of opinion where everybody agrees that something so like for instance wolverine is 93 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes and rotten tomatoes isn't a perfect uh barometer for this sort of thing since it's just thumbs up or thumbs down and i tend to agree with the thumbs up or thumbs down generally i mean but it's but it's more of a b movie a b b plus movie than a like a a plus uh, or the movie Get Out, which is out in theaters right now and was was a big kind of surprise financial hit, uh, is 99% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. The only negative coming from Armand White, uh, interestingly mm. enough. Um, Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer <laughs> gave it a big thumbs down. <laughs> oh, uh, well, yeah, Richard I'm Spencer, kidding. of course. But not accredited on the tomato right. meter. Sure. Uh, but uh, but the but you you get you you definitely I think you're right, JVL. That there is a there is a very very serious problem with critical groupthink where everything has to be great or terrible, and there uh, and the opinions form very rapidly and kind of congeal. Um, and sometimes then you have like the the opposite of that where there's the early round of praise and then everybody flips on it like kind of with La La Land that happened online. A lot yeah, of people that, that on, was kind of a bad on Twitter. Everyone it was it got a bunch of really really high praise and then after a few months everyone was like, you know what? Actually, La La Land is bad and racist. It's also I mean in the way that the internet makes everything meta. You know, you sort of lose sight of the actual thing and everything becomes about uh, people's reaction to the thing and I. I don't know. I really liked it. I, I it was Cormac McCarthy's X Men. It was yes. I was going to say, is it like? It was like. It was uh, great. I, I, I yeah. was picturing after you guys were describing it and what I've read that it's like X Men meets No Country for Old Men or something. I mean, kind it's of dark. Kind it's, of. I mean, kind of. Kind of. But I. It, it's definitely more No Country for Old Men than like the road, the road mm -hmm. or something like. Well, that. except well, for that they're they're going someplace, right. which is right, and they're going to a place where the little one will be saved, and the right the, there's a caretaker. So there's elements of both. Now, JVL, you said that you liked Wolverine, the Wolverine as your favorite of the X-Men movies. Was that also R-rated? And that's, yes. that takes place in Japan. That takes place almost entirely in Japan. Some of it takes place in Alaska, I think, so, or, or in yeah. Canada to begin, someplace up in the, the north. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. So this is, this is a largely a film, not an adaptation exactly, but a... The Wolverine, you mean? No, no, Logan of uh, a Mark Millar mini series called uh, Old Man Logan, huh. which okay. is one of the first really, really great Mark Millar mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. And it, what Old Man Logan posited was a, a truly dystopian America in which the supervillains had won. The supervillains had figured out a way to take out the superheroes. They had divided up the country among themselves so that there were different sectors. There was the Hulk owned one sector, Magneto owned another sector, the Red Skull oh. owned another sector, et cetera, et cetera. And all superheroes were dead except for Logan. Logan himself was an old man. 
and he gets hired to do one last job. And that job involves driving across country. And along the way, he goes back to becoming the real Logan and kills a bunch of people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so this differs in all the the movie version. Logan differs in all the important ways from that, but takes a central premise from that, which is that Logan is retired. He's an old man uh, of declining powers, stuck in a future which is not the future that he thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and that something terrible has happened to the superheroes, because mm -hmm. that is another part of this mm -hmm. piece. Although in, in the Mark Millar book, Logan is the one who killed all of the superheroes. And in this one, we are led to believe that it was actually Professor X. It was Charles who who killed them. Right. Well, so in in uh, so I, I I have taken issue elsewhere with the idea that this is a dystopian movie. A lot of people have described it as a dystopian movie, and it doesn't actually seem to be that dystopian, right? Like, the world seems to have basically carried on without the mutants, who one of the plot points in the film is that 25 years ago, mutants stopped being born. Mm. So mutants stopped being born, and I believe a bunch of them were hunted down and, and taken out. But uh, also there was the Westchester incident, which supposedly killed a lot of mutants, maybe. We, we don't really know. They don't really describe it in the movie. Um and the the uh, anyway the the it's but it's not an actual dystopian future like say Children of Men where humanity has stopped giving birth to babies period yeah. and uh, and as a result the world is breaking down you know wars are raging borders are collapsing mm -hmm. food mm -hmm. crises mm -hmm. abound etc cetera, etc cetera. this movie it just kind of posits a future in which there are no mutants and everybody has kind of moved on except for the last mutants the you know Logan and Wolverine and Caliban played by Stephen Merchant in this who's very good I thought I thought Cal Caliban. It's great. Steve Merchant's uh, yeah. fabulous in this. Uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, but it, it it is it is not a dystopian uh, film. And 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 I, I want to. This is one thing that has always kind of annoyed me with the mutant. I with with the way that people use the mutants, right? So uh, originally, the mutant struggle was termed in, in in basically a civil rights frame where you had you had Malcolm X Magneto and you had Martin Luther King Professor X and it was about you know uh, trying to find a way to coexist with humanity in this case the uh, mutants would be African Americans and then in in the kind of Brian Singer world uh, uh, adaptation of it uh, and in the comics in the 90s and, and aughts, it was more a, a, move, a, a metaphor for gay rights. It was like you, you go home and you tell mom and dad, hey, I'm mutant instead of, hey, I'm gay. And that, that's how. It, but this, this metaphor has always been. And in this movie, in Logan, the director, James Mangold, has said that it's, it's supposed to be kind of a metaphor for immigration. You know, you have, you have Wolverine living on the border and he's got a, he's got, he's got a, he's a refugee and he wants to be safe. About, but these, these metaphors are all really terrible for the people who. Who are being metaphorically described, right? Like if if you if I was a a, a gay person and they were like you are like mu murderous mutants who are going around mm -hmm. causing chaos, I would be really upset by this. I would like it would actually be like wait, hold on. The Mutant Rights Act or the Mutant Registration Act actually makes a lot of sense. Like Senator Kelly's plan to register uh, people who can kill you by looking at you or kill you by thinking about you or kill you by pointing at you and sending ice spikes at your head. I mean, like this is not an unreasonable thing don't you think jbl i <clears throat> yes i agree uh, the the real problem of this and this is is always bothered me about the comics because the comics just and the movies do this too obviously they just presuppose that the people who want to register the mutants or who are afraid of the mutants are just of necessity bigoted and closed-minded or evil yeah. etc and that there there couldn't possibly be anything 
to worry about from mutants. And this is true probably for a large number of the mutants we see, right? I mean, nobody, Angel does not present any real threat. Even, I would say even a mutant who can kill you by looking at you does not present any substantial threat to the order. But, like, Charles Xavier is a problem. How can you have a functioning free market economy and a functioning liberal democracy when there is a guy who can control how people think? You can't ever have an election and Mm -hmm. no, you can't Mm -hmm. ever have stock market buys Mm -hmm. and IPOs without knowing that maybe this is real or maybe Charles is doing it. How can you have a guy like Magneto who can pull the entire planet off of its axis Mm -hmm. and kill everyone on Earth and not have, you know, because then you have to basically do whatever this guy says. Mystique. Mystique is... So... You know, Storm. it always right. I mean, like all of. I mean, like there. The, really, so Toad like, isn't a problem. Yeah. Cyclops isn't a problem. Beast isn't a problem. But no reasonable person could look at some of these other mutants and yeah. say, "Oh yeah, it would be fine to integrate them into society. We could all function perfectly freely with them around." What uh, about what about Stan Lee? What was his involvement? And in was did he have anything to do well, with Stan, any of this? Stanley and Jack Kirby were the, the they original, wrote the original. Right? Yeah. But I mean, did they have all that in mind at the time, or? Well, they originally envisioned it as civil rights, a civil, civil rights, rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a civil rights right. metaphor. Yeah. So, okay. was this Logan movie then? Is that the th- third rated R, uh, third R rated movie no. for superheroes? The, the Wolverine, mean. by the way, was PG thirteen. No. Logan, uh, Logan is much Logan is PG-13? much much bloodier movie than the Wolverine was. I actually that's looked it up on my phone to make yeah. sure because the Wolverine Jeez. was was like it was a violent movie, but it wasn't. Logan Violent, which is a movie that features decapitations, limbs being cut off. There's one scene, and one of my problems with Logan is that it is grotesquely violent. It is pornographically violent. It is it is a movie where you have basically a bunch of villains who are just stopped in their tracks, uh, and uh, Logan goes from guy to guy putting claws through their skulls in close-up, in very slow motion, and we see this happen like five times. Just like he goes around the room murdering people. Are you, and are you saying like, got, did it become, was it, did it become too disturbing or too mind-numbing for you? Like, oh, I'm just it was not, just like, I'm well, just like, was, you shrug the like, shoulders after it. a while. It was like, no, I got it. I got, I mean, I got it that this is an R-rated movie, guys. This is an R-rated movie, and it's real violent. It's gritty. It's dark. I sounds like my I'm pretty ten year old me would love this. I'm pretty sensitive to that stuff. Like I, I don't like mm-hmm. gory movies, and I was not bothered by any of that. I thought that it was still, in its way, a cartoonish depiction of this sort of violence. I mean, the real in a world where somebody actually did that, it would be much more gory than than what they showed you. That they were still showing you a sanitized version. I, my favorite, maybe my favorite moment in the movie is when. Uh, when the kid comes out of the uh, warehouse that they've been squatting in in Mexico, them having sent a bunch of the Reavers in to take care of her, <laughs> and she's carrying something, and you're not quite sure what it is. It turns out it's the, the big one's head, and she just yeah. like drops it but, on the ground. But, it's great. But see, that's actually a very good— uh, so. So that's a way to that, use that's your a great R rating, t- right? Right. So, but that you don't see her like sawing through his head, right? No, exactly. Like this it's, is a, it's just this is a it's, nice it's, use of yeah. that, I think. Right. So, so Deadpool was the first R-rated superhero movie, and now Logan, right? Is that what's happening was here? That, was, and, was Deadpool the first R-rated superhero movie? I, I don't think. I can't imagine that's actually right. I, I mean, Kick-Ass, for instance. Are, well, it depends, I guess, what counts. But yeah. you know, in terms wanted, of the Marvel yes. universe, wanted was, certainly in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Of the Marvel and DC movies, yeah. I think it was. No, Blade. No, Blade. Well, the Blade okay. movies are R-rated. Oh. Yeah, but that's its own thing. Yeah. I'm right. just I saying mean, that yes. this, but this... But we're going to yeah. see, yeah. in terms of, especially with commercial success, uh, because Logan is doing so well, we're going to see more of this, right? 
Which is good, I think, because what, what I've, I've always said, and we talked about this on one of the shows early, um, we did the Marvel DC, what I want is a bunch of... Hey, Vic, are you distracted by anything Sorry. right now? No, I'm just looking. Just staring at your no, Emma Watson. He's literally, he's literally got the, yeah. pap- the papers continue. of the show on top of his laminated uh, Emma Watson you photo. You continue talking about comic books. I'm going to look at the real deal. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what I want out of this world is where all comic book movies are not the same tentpole action thing, but I want I want them to span the genres. I want a buddy cop comedy, action comedy set of comic book movies. I want some hard R comic book movies. I want normal superhero comic book movies. I want funny comic book because I, I, I really think the genre can accommodate this. You, mm-hmm. can, you can branch mm-hmm. out and, and cover different bases. What I don't want is for movie studios to look at the success of Wolverine and say, oh, well, we just have to do this all the time. That's yeah. probably what's going to happen. It, well, <laughs> no, but, but maybe. I don't think so. I think I Marvel, know, I don't. DC might do that, but Marvel, yeah. Marvel's pretty smart. So, uh, Suicide Squad, that was R? No, Suicide Squad was PG-13. PG-13. Yeah. Uh, but it was no, it was pretty good. I, you know, so we to dip back very quickly to the the, the lack of mutants. So this is another. They've stolen an idea from a very successful comic book, and this is the House of M series, where the Scarlet Scarlet Witch goes crazy, and creates a reality in which there are no more mutants. And it's a really. I have actually always thought that's that is a perfect two part movie for for Marvel to do and it saddens me a little bit to have them steal it and sort of throw it away here in the, this idea in this movie um, but what I so sort of to be a little bit nerdy about continuity you could read Logan as having undone all of the continuity of every previous X-Men movie well no what un- uh, uh, finish, finish, finish. Right. I mean, I, I think that you can do that if you want to. You can say this movie undoes everything. The, the movie that did that was actually Days of Future Past. Well, Days of Future Past mm. did that too from that point back, but this then would undo that. But when I, what I, again, want, what I personally would like Marvel to do for me is to not be so obsessed with continuity within their cinematic universe. And you can do a lot of standalone movies that just tell an interesting story. And you don't care if it's different. And if Like The Red Sun. I'd like to see a Superman Red Sun. It's not Marvel. It's so, DC. But I'd like to see The Old Man Logan. I'd like to see House of M. And it doesn't matter if it fits in with a larger thematic tale so what you guys are saying is that like at the end of logan there's no surprise cameo by spider-man played by tom holland or uh tony stark as iron man well now again you're oh you're wow they can't cinematic be, yeah. universes right? uh, because you have you have the x-men, X-Men universe and the, the Marvel cinematic universe right. which is the avengers right uh, and now some spider-man stuff right and then avengers, you have spider-man have, thor right it's all but but X Men is separate from that universe. Yes, Sonny, I did not stay through the end credits. Is there a ah at the end? no? Mm. That's interesting. Go. Is mm-hmm. this the first Marvel movie without a stinger? Uh, I don't. Did the original X Men movie have a stinger? I don't think it did. Not the original, Maybe. but the uh, um, the later ones did. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Again, again, so it really does separate itself yeah. from the rest of this Avengers world. So anyway, this is a hard R. To the parents out there, this is a hard R film. Don't take your kids to see it. Right. Oh, I love superhero movies. Let's right. go see it as a family. Don't no. take your like eight-year-old yeah. to go see it. Don't maybe like thirteen. I would say is the very youngest. I would. When I you would went, go, when I, when you guys went to the theater, did you see little kids? Sonny, do you have strong feelings about this? <laughs> Well, I I do. In, in I I have I have two kind of competing strong feelings about this. The the first is like 
Uh, so I, I was recently at a screening of John Wick 2. It was a press and public screening. So it was uh, like three or four rows reserved for the press. And then it was a bunch of seats filled with uh, you people out there, you yammering <laughs> idiots. Outside the uh, rope. Outside you, the rope. You, uh, you awful, awful people. And uh, one of the awful, awful people brought his 12 to 18 month old kid to the theater who was fine. She, I, I assume she slept until like the last five minutes of the movie when she woke up and started crying. And so the guy like dutifully takes takes the takes the baby out and then stands in like the hallway oh, entrance to the to the theater. So it's like amplifying the cries into the rest of the. It was actually worse somehow. It was worse. Um, so anyway, look if you if you have to, if you take an infant to a movie, which I'm not 100% opposed to on principle, because a lot of the time these kids sleep through the movies. It's not a big deal. Whatever. Uh, as long as when they start making noise, you take them outside. Like that's that's the bargain you've struck. You get to come into the movie theater, but you gotta go. Yeah. You gotta you gotta get out <laughs> when they start crying. I, what I find much more troubling are the people who took like eight, ten, twelve year olds to see Logan, where the kids are like crying halfway through it and like in tears and wow. they, like that's that's not just distracting for the rest of the audience. It's like uh, bad for your kid. Yeah. It's like bad parenting. I I am I am very I'm like the MPAA has done a very, very nice job for parents of like setting up a rating system that gives them some guidance and says, you know, you need to uh, pay a little more attention to R rated films. It even like says in the box like grab violence there are warnings from Hugh Jackman don't take your little kids to see this yeah. uh, and I'm not saying you have to like read every review on Rotten Tomatoes you only have to read Sunny Bunch's <laughs> reviews on Rotten Tomatoes uh, but you 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 should at the very least uh, in this new in this brave new world where we're having more R-rated comic book mm -hmm. hero movies mm -hmm. parents need to pay more attention and they need to uh, do a better job of, of, of making sure that they aren't uh, destroying their children's minds and also more importantly frankly my your, entertainment, your enjoyment, dollar, uh, my enjoyment of the films. Vic, yes, JVL. Sunny is basically throwing shade at your <laughs> parents right now. I was trying to think about this, and in because fact, your parents, Ma and Doctor Mattis, yes, took you yes. guys to everything. No, that's not true. Actually, <laughs> right. I was thinking about this. The vast majority of R-rated movies I'd seen as a child were on HBO or on VHS cassette. So uh, in the movie theater. Um, the, the only ones that came, I don't, like King Kong with Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lange, I think that was PG. Um, to Live and Die in L.A., that was definitely an R rating, <laughs> you know, where the, 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 uh, the agent in the beginning, Will Defoe, blows his head apart with a shotgun, and that was like, wow, this is insane. And, you know, my sister, who was three years older than me, she's like, I'm leaving, I can't, this is terrible. She left. I stayed. And then I pretended <laughs> to sleep. And you're fine. And I'm totally you know, fine. You happen to have this I'm weird fixation with Emma Watson, but <laughs> yeah. other than that, other than that basically yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. But I, you see uh, but, what I'm saying, people? <laughs> you, do you see it? Do you understand what Take I'm saying? Take it from me. Take it from me, kids. Don't, don't watch these R-rated movies as a child. I, we had, you know, when we first got a v, uh, VHS, uh, in fact, like in 1980 or whatever, the uh, the store said, you know, they gave you. I have no idea how much an RCA VHS cost in 1980, but you could get you could pick two movies. It's probably eight hundred bucks. Yeah, two two movies for free. You get two movies, and they were so nice looking in those big plastic the containers. Shell. Yes, yeah, huge. And uh, so, <laughs> one was Flash Gordon, which is a cult classic. It's very kitschy, but it was great with Max von Flash Gordon or Flesh Gordon? Oh, Flash. Oh, and and then the other one was Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon, and that was an R-rated movie. So I'm probably seeing that when I'm eight. 
or seven. There was heroin uh, use in that movie. There was some nudity, and Jim Kelly, the great African American martial arts uh, fighter, was was lynched and then put in an acid bath. <clears throat> and I'm watching this. <laughs> it was awful. Anyway, I watched it like a thousand times too. Yeah. And yeah. Chuck Norris. Once again, and, people. Just this <laughs> is a cautionary tale. Chuck Norris and the Octagon. That's another R-rated one. And then there was a movie called To Kill and Kill Again, which I don't know if it was R, but we used to say, "Hey, mom and dad, can we see Kill and Kill Again again?" We used to say that all the time. <laughs> yes, I am JBL. now looking at a story from the Chicago Tribune in 1985, which says that when the machines, the VCRs, were originally introduced in 1975, they cost between one thousand and fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs> And that today, this is 1985, you can find them for between $200 and $400. So by 1980, my guess is when the doctor's family (laughs) was buying their VCR, you guys probably paid literally about 800 bucks for it. Maybe. That's insane. And it was good. And we used to tape a lot of stuff. Like We were able- And again, that's $800 in 1980 In 1980 dollars, yes, exactly. Which is essentially probably half the cost of a card. But we- uh, I guess you can. Uh, I remember the remote control is actually plugged in to the VH, uh, the VHS, and then oh yeah, uh, and then if you had a camcorder, then you could. St- no, 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 no. You st- we started recording stuff off the TV. That's what we started doing. So we just recorded a ton of stuff from uh, HBO and things like that. But uh, in, in any event, um, you were talking about uh, babies in in movies. I actually remember on. Uh, I'd like to say a lark, but uh, I went to see the movie Hostel. I, I, kind of on a lark, as a joke with uh, longtime listener Mike Woody, and while we were there, a baby started crying in Hostel. And I, 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 Hostel is a yeah. terrible movie in, right. in many ways, but uh, but I just couldn't believe it. I'm, like I understand again, ruined Vic Mattis's can, favorite movie. Well, I, I understand that, as you said, nothing about the the baby's not going to be traumatized. It was right. an infant, but. But what mom was like, I need to see this movie, Hostel. I'm bringing my infant child. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this to come out on DVD. Eli Roth just, is my, yeah, my Zack yeah, Snyder. No, no, that, 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 that was really disturbing. Um, uh, JVL, you were talking about uh, earlier you had a great experience watching uh, the movie Logan. Tell us about that. Yeah, I went to, first of all, I went to a movie theater, which is not an everyday occurrence for me. And I saw it at a... My favorite theater chain, we'll just leave it at that, and they have a new Dolby set up with the new Dolby Atmos sound and projection system, which really is amazing. The blacks on screen are so good. The sound is astonishing. Are the speakers on the side of the walls? They're like in everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. Right. Uh, it also had... Uh, the giant leather recliners, which with power reclining and power footrest and assigned seating. And it was only a couple bucks more than a normal ticket. If you were going to throw away dollars on extra movie doodads, I would so much rather this than 3D. Like yeah. th- This is amazing. And so I will never see... If I have a choice, I will yep. never see a movie in a regular theater again. Plus, you just said assigned seating, right? Did you just say that? Yeah, yeah so you can did, order, yeah. you, so mm-hmm. you can buy your ticket on your phone two hours ahead of time mm-hmm. and then simply walk in at the moment the movie starts because your seat is there waiting right. for you. And normally, I think you can wait about, the standard is now 15 minutes for a big movie because there's, there's at least oh, yeah. that much time for trailers, so you don't well, have I to like, sit through. 
I like you trailers. Do. I like I li- I would say give me three or four good ones that I'm focused on. After a while, they all yeah. you start you know you get you get excited at first, and then afterwards it becomes numb. Uh, I remember when I lived in Vienna, they had that's how they did the movie theaters. They had a science sitting. I used to think, oh, it's kind of weird and pretentious and expensive, but of course there are many uh, pluses to that. When we went to see as a family, um, Return of the Jedi, like on basically opening weekend in 1983 or whenever. Um, we ran into another friend of mine, uh, Stevie Starrs and his family, and the mother's like, oh, great. They were in the back of the line. Save us seats. <laughs> there were six of them. Okay, now there's te- you're trying to save 10 seats for that's a trip so- of the Jedi? That's no. social pressure. Yeah, so do you disappoint your best no, friend? I, I, no, we, I would have told them to <laughs> f*** off. <laughs> I would have, yeah. You you got here. You got here late. You can you can just uh, suffer. Enjoy the front row, yeah. Stephen. Have, right. have fun. Have fun not sitting we together. Did. It was like it was scatter. You know what? It was like the it was like the Alamo where you're fighting off there. It was like Jim Bowie and his you know deathbed and and the Mexicans with the bayonets coming at him and it was it was it was awful. I, I remember the but we managed to do it. I remember the re-release of Star Wars. My brother and sister and I went to the AMC. We got there three hours early. I think we were the first people in line. And we that was the time when AMC gave you the free refills on a large popcorn and a large drink. Oh. And so we just, as soon as we got there, bought our large popcorn and large drink. We probably had four tubs of the large popcorn <laughs> before the before the movie was over. It was amazing. And that was when, if you got stuck uh, uh, on, on on a seat against on the side of the wall, you would sometimes hear the movie on the other side of the wall. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. I would say I, I will say that the the theater going experience has really improved in the last. Five years or so. Yeah. I am. Yeah. A, I am a. I am a big believer in the the big puffy reclining chairs that are being put in in the Regals and the AMCs. And it's all due to and one theater company, which is amazingly innovative and has pioneered every single innovation there is in cinema distribution, it, from the multiplex to the cup holder to the stadium seating to the Dolby Atmos system. There is only one company which has has been at the forefront of this entire revolution, and it's. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I can't. I God, I just can't remember off the top of my head. It's, uh, it's but, probably a really good company, though. But uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I but from yeah. from the assigned seating to the to the. It, it's an American it's, movie mm-hmm. company. Oh, got it. Thank you. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's like you know what it is. It's a technological renaissance. It's a return to great. In the old days, you hear old people talk about. Oh, I remember the movie experience. It's with the curtains and the chandeliers and the whole thing. And you know places like uh, the the Avalon up on Connecticut Avenue in yeah. DC. You know classic places like uh, the Ziegfeld or whatever in New York. And you're not seeing the fancy, but you are seeing a technological. Um, golden age right now i think certainly from our experience in the 80s if you remember that and the floor and things like that which is gross um uh, you we were talking about uh harriet tubman uh obviously earlier in the show and it reminded me a substandard longtime listener oh, wait, contacted be- you oh, yeah, go before ahead. we move please, on can please. we do something what what do you got can we very quickly rank the x-men movies because one oh. of the things i did is i was sitting looking we now have had nine x-men movies oh. and i think they form a nearly perfect bell curve in terms of quality, with some like two very very good ones, uh, a third really pretty good one, then a little fat middle section, and then three at the bottom which are just garbage. And I'm just curious to see whether or not you boys agreed with me. I've only seen like three of them, so I'm going to take a pass. I love the first X Men. You and I saw like three of them together. Yeah, that was it, I guess. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I still have the pin. The uh, uh, Mutant Free America, uh, Kelly, vote for yes, Kelly. Vote I, I Kelly. Have, uh, vote Kelly, yeah. Uh, JB, I'll go, go ahead. I think we were probably pretty simpatico on this. Uh, from best to worst, The Wolverine, 
followed by Logan, followed by X-Men First Class, all of which are really very good, I think. Uh, in the middle section, uh, Days of Future Past at number four, X-Men 2 at number five. Number six is the original X-Men, and then you get to the, the real drop-off. Number six, The original X-Men is not great, but then you stick to really bad movies like the X-Men Origins Wolverine, followed by Last Stand, and followed by The Age of Apocalypse, which is so incompetently made. So bad. I uh, I, I can... still don't understand how that movie got through quality control. No, you're right. Astonishing. I, I would I would quibble with the top. I would I would put Logan ahead of uh, the Wolverine. I would put wrong. I would put uh, uh, X two probably ahead of uh, Days of Future Past. I actually went back and forth with that. I could I, I could I, see I, that. I would put and yeah, X two is uh, a pretty good movie. People forget it. But no, it's it, it is. It has been totally memory hold. I am like I, everyone on Twitter again in their group think like, oh my god, this is the only X Men movie with feelings and emotions. And I'm just like, do you people like do you not actually remember X Men two coming out like X two X Men United or whatever it was called coming out like that was actually that was for a long time before the Dark Knight came out uh basically x2 and spider-man 2 were considered like the greatest comic book movies of all time and like i think totally reasonably um uh, and also x-men first class is very good and like kind of underrated emotional heft uh and and the the bad ones are so bad i mean x-men apocalypse is really really bad x-men origins wolverine really 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 bad um, last stand which is brett ratner's last, last stand, stand is the last the, the problem with the last stand the problem i've always had with the last stand is that it just used so many different great storylines <laughs> yeah. and like threw them in a blender all and then, of which could sustain and then, their own movie and then brett ratner kind of peed in the blender and then they turned on the blender and then and didn't and, put a top on and it would just splattered everywhere and it was it was i mean it, the, the, it was frustrating on a number of levels I liked a lot of component parts of it. I liked a lot of individual scenes, but the whole thing together was just so bad. Okay. There, I'm sorry. I, just, oh, no, I no, wanted no. a ranking That's good. because That's I like good. ranking That's everything. Good. Yes, of course. And so as I was mentioning, we were talking about Harriet Tubman earlier, and it reminded me a substandard loyal listener contacted you, JVL, and said, what? What did she want us to discuss or rank? A ranking of the strong female leads in cinema. Now, the whole idea of the strong female lead is something of a pet peeve of mine, because whenever Variety does their first real reporting piece about a new project coming together in which the movie features a strong female lead, there will be some quote by the actress who says, I'm just so excited for this part because there's so few strong female leads, and that is simply not True. If you look over the film landscape, whenever you get into action adventure over the last 10 or 15 years, you find landscape littered with strong yeah. female leads. This is not a bad thing. I'm not yeah. complaining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm simply saying that the idea that these are these rare gems mm -hmm. which must be treasured is Kill Bill, The Hunger Games, Terminator 2, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm -hmm. La Femme mm -hmm. Nikita, The Fifth right. Element, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Tomb Raider, Mad Max Fury Road, Haywire, The Girl. I could just go on and on and on and on. Uh, but if we're going to rank them, I think we could do a top five pretty easily. Yeah, sure. Go go for it. Number you, five, you Salt, a movie which is not written for a female lead. I really love that movie. I think it's wildly underrated. That is Angelina with, Jolie. Yes, that's right. Is great. It was originally written for who? Like Tom Cruise or somebody. Yeah, for, for a guy. Yeah. And just translates effortlessly into uh, number four. Clarice Starling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs. Definitely. Number three, throw a little swerve at you. 
Winona Ryder in Heathers. Ah! She's she's pretty badass in Heathers. Number two, Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct. Okay, no argument. And number one is obvious, right? Sigourney Weaver is Ripley. Okay. Pick your movie. I did a top three. And so uh, uh, I don't have any objections to the ones, obviously, that you mentioned, JVL. But uh, number three on my list was Silence of the Lambs, uh, Jodie Foster. Um, She didn't get much help from Scott Glenn, I thought. A lot of it was on her own. And as I always mention, life would have been much different for her had they had cell phones. From from Sucker Punches, Scott Glenn, you mean? Yes, Yes. that one. Um, I put Alien at number two. The Alien trilogy, I mean, it kind of gives her an unfair advantage because Ripley, because she's done a bunch. Um, Interestingly enough, by the way, the girl in that movie, Aliens, who co-stars with Sigourney Weaver, never did a movie again. Just that one. Really? Really weird. All over IMDb. Very strange. And number one for me was Frances McDormand in Fargo. Never underestimate the pregnant sheriff with the funny, hokey Midwestern accent. She'll solve the crime. She's, she's great. great in that movie. Although I tell you what, she's fantastic in the movie. Her expressions are great in that movie. Um, but the funniest part for me in that movie is when she meets her old high school classmate Mike Yanagita. Remember <laughs> they meet at the Radisson, and he's nuts. And I don't, I don't know where I've, I think he he might have played. Um, uh, the role of the uh, editor in Rolling, the Rolling Stone editor in Almost Famous. That might be the same I don't, actor. I don't. You don't think it's the same think actor? It is. Yeah. Um, uh, ben Fong Torres. No, but actor. it might be. I, I yeah. might. It might be. I don't. He was JBL. Can you effort that? Yeah, I'll effort that. He for was us. hilarious, and you know, you see a movie, and it, it it's totally unrelated to the rest of this crime, um, th- th- this investigation, and and he's just completely unstable, and you feel bad for him because the wife dies. He says, and. And he says, I'm so lonely. Marge, I'm so lonely. And then later in the movie, you know, she's having the uh, conversation with her friend on the phone. And you can hear her on the other line. And then it's like, no, the guy made the whole thing up. He was nuts. He lives at home with his parents. So we went from a discussion of strong female leads to, to uh, Mike creepy, creepy Asian <laughs> Which, man. by the way, it's a whole separate topic, yeah. Sonny. And okay. I, I will okay. rant on that Great. later. Anyway, okay. uh, Francis McDormand at yeah. the top of my Great. list for Fargo. Go ahead. Well, we're taping this podcast on... Uh, a day without women, the 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 general strike. Oh, how of fitting! Women. How fitting! And as in honor of that, I will name none. <laughs> I will name. This, we're it's a day without women. We're it's a day without strong female leads like okay. Mia Jovovich and Resident Evil or Kate Beckinsale in the Underworld movies. You know, we're it's a day without women. So none of that. Okay, I'm still efforting. Yeah, it's all right. We uh, we can no. No. Yeah, Terry definitely... Chen is the actor that you're thinking of who played Ben Fong Torres, and he was not in Fargo. Okay. Weirdly, all Asian men look alike. You know, I can Vic. make, I, I'm allowed to get that one wrong. Sorry. I loved him in Enter the Dragon. Okay. Um, now we're going to move on to Spirit of the Week. This is an interesting one because, you know, we had an early substandard taping today, so uh, Sonny's wise <laughs> suggestion is let's not get completely tanked before lunch. And so we have uh, reverted to a little bit of Patty's blended Irish whiskey, which is the rail of Irish whiskey in coffee, and we're having Irish Some coffee. Some delicious Keurig coffee. It's Keurig. An Irish coffee. Oh, man. You know? I, you know, I could start my morning Irish this coffee. way. I yeah. could start my morning That's this way. That's how you know you have a problem. The only. <laughs> That's how you know you You know what? The only thing missing is the whipped cream. <laughs> Irish coffee, as uh, Buddy Hackett would say. Well, isn't that why JVL it. gave you those photos? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know what to begin. Oh, God. Oh, 
my gosh. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. I just got an idea. <laughs> okay. Sonny. Someone likes Sonny. 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 Sniper. Is Sonny. The sniper. I don't know. Well, I'd like to point out after we were done with coffee, Sonny continued just drinking the Irish whiskey. I'd like you to can't shame out. me. Yeah, Everyone knows right. I'm a drunk. Oh, this is very hot in here, and I'm getting very sleepy. Uh, corrections. Uh, JVL, do you have corrections? Sonny, do you have any corrections from last week, or were you Mr. Perfect? Somebody on Twitter said that there was something to correct in the 10 Cloverfield Lane discussion, oh. and I went and re-listened to the segment, and I have no idea what they're talking about, because it was like everything else I do perfect. So. Okay. I don't think I have anything wrong from last week, but I have a correction for America. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> last weekend, I saw a little movie from Disney Animation. It's called Moana. I'd like to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Moana, mm-hmm. greater sign, Hamilton. <laughs> no one denies this. Regular substandard. No one denies this. JBL, I'm glad that you made this provocation. Regular substandard listener, comfortably, comfortably smug, will be very uh, angry to hear this. Mm-hmm. At comfortably smug, mm-hmm. if you actually made it this far in the well, podcast. It's pretty far. You, you Moana is so great. Yeah. It is so great okay. and so much better than mine. And I really? love Hamilton's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Moana is What amazing. about vis-a-vis Mulan or one of the other uh, female-y Disney No, no, I, I'm speaking of uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, musical right. Stuff. Right, okay. This yeah, is yeah, as, sure. as a, right. as a okay. musical Got creation. It. Got it. In, that, in that respect. In Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, oeuvre, Moana is the best. He's very talented. Um, okay. Uh, the only thing I was going to say is people, we were talking about gambling movies, and there were two that came up that people said, what about? And one of them was Let It Ride with Richard Dreyfus, and the other one was Swingers. I'd oh, yeah. say the first, it's not a gambling movie, though, per se, but there's a terrific gambling scene in the beginning. I've never seen Let It Ride, so I don't I Yeah, don't same. One, yeah. Uh, but in Swingers, of course, it's that great where you get psyched up because you have the image of we're going to go to Vegas and just, you know. Vegas, baby. baby. Exactly. And we're going to just go crazy. And then he ends up at the blackjack table with four or eight chips because it's uh, um, it was a $25 table. And, and he has to double down. And he has no, to no, because. No, he sits because, down at the $100 table. Oh. He sits down so at the $100 like, table. <laughs> so he puts down he puts down the, his $200 and he gets two chips. <laughs> and then he then they have That's to right. double down because he gets an 11. Right. And and the hundred dollar table has the beautiful people. That's the beautiful people table, and then the the the, 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 the old lady right is in the other one. Yeah, the other. The, the, perhaps you she feel more comfortable. Breakfast. Perhaps you feel more comfortable at that. And that's one where the the old lady is hitting on the seventeen, right? Um, and she then gets comped. And she right? well, she in fact she gets a twenty one. I think she she drew a four. In my entire life, I probably have only seen somebody hit on a 17 once or twice. And when that happens, you feel like the cameras are all on you suddenly. <laughs> like, what do you know? And I think probably the person might have done okay. It's weird. The other atrocity um, I've witnessed was from my uh, friend uh, and gambling mentor, Peter Lowe, who would, just to, just to amuse me, would split uh, 10s. You know, you're sitting on a 20, but I believe we did this in a casino in Costa Rica, so it was okay. Well, hold yeah. on. Wouldn't you split 10s against a dealer showing like a 4 or a 5? If you, know, if you got a 20, stay on, the, stay on the 20. Even if the dealer's showing such a bad card? Well, that's a good question. No, I, it's, too much, it's, I all, it's all I dealer dependent. Yes, yeah, right. No, you would never split 10s. No, that's a no, terrible sit, idea. St- terrible. Sitting on the 20 no matter what. Sitting on the 20 no matter right. what. I think I think that the card that he drew, in fact, if I remember this, because I remember all of my gambling experiences, was another face card. 
and then he had three hands, and I think he won two out of the three. But it's it's that's too much for me to handle. I think I had a I went the cardiac arrest. That was too much. Okay, I, I would split tens against a weak dealer card. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> I believe Moana, Greater I, Sign Hamilton. Thank you, JVL. I believe that is all the time we're giving you uh, for this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Manis at Sunny Bunch. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in substandard under podcasts. We're there. Leave a review. Give us some stars. Tell your friends. Don't forget substandard show notes. will be up on Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Until next time. So uh, one thing that did happen this week that was kind of funny. Yes, I, uh, I had a, a very amusing interaction with Amazon. Amazon is my favorite company in the entire world, and this is not even close. Where would we be without them? Where would we be without them? I would be much, ha- un- much, much more unhappy than I am right now, and I'm pretty unhappy, as you know. So, uh, but it was very funny. I ordered, uh, I ordered a spray can of Goof Off because I bumped into a column when I was trying to park my my car, and, you know, like an old woman, uh, and I need to, I needed to get some transfer paint off. Uh, uh, so I order this, and I open up the box, and it's got the, the cannon, and then there's something else in there. I'm like, oh, what, what else did they send me? And I unwrap it, and it's a bottle of Calvin Klein's Obsession. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, did I did I order a bottle? I, I do a lot of weird things. I drink a lot, so maybe I accidentally <laughs> had it in my shopping cart. And I went and looked. I no, I didn't pay for it. So I like I pull up the Amazon app on my phone, and I'm I'm I get to help people, and I'm like, hey, what's why did you send me this? They said, well, we didn't mean to. Uh, we'll send you a return label. You can send it back. I was like, okay, because I don't, I, I'm, it's not 1997. Was the, box, a, was the box stamped 1997? I'm not, I'm, not an, I'm not a 14-year-old. I don't need this next to my Jacar Noir. You know, I, <laughs> I, like, I, it's like, it's like I, I have no use for this. And I feel like I can earn some goodwill with my overlords at Amazon, you know, by sending this thing back to them. So I wait a few minutes to get the packing slip, and they, they, don't, they don't send one. And uh, so I send them another you know text chat whatever and they're like oh we actually can't return we can't accept returns on these products i guess colognes yeah uh so it's yours to keep or donate or you know do re-gift i was like uh all right so in sunny bunch's bathroom uh in alexandria virginia it is 1997 all over again ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna start i'm gonna start bathing you should start bathing in that you are you are not going to enjoy the smell of the podcast room next week right next to your green bottle of polo (laughs) or for the person who leaves us our 100th review their prize well, I, can be. You know, we were. I. We were I don't just know discussing. If, this. I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't know if I want to have that much interaction, frankly, with our <laughs> with our many valued I'll listeners. Do it. I like people. I don't. No, you don't. Sure, I do. You hate people. Can I just say that I'm still waiting for that to happen with you with Amazon, where I get like my Amazon book order and it comes with like a a, a life size realistic doll made in Japan. Like, how come that hasn't happened to me? <laughs> just waiting for that. I I like an Emma Watson doll. <laughs> I like to picture Jeff Bezos sitting in an office with a giant wall-sized computer monitor and streams of data coming down at Matrix Like the Matrix. Style. <laughs> yes. And yeah, one falling, of them, he goes, falling. oh, Sunny Bunch offered to return it when we sent it to him by accident. <laughs> Good. That's and then making a check mark yeah, by like your a, account. Yeah, like by Santa yeah, Claus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically. Oh, that's, and, how I, that's how I imagine Amazon. Just and, Jeff Bezos and, yes. being like... 
He's a good user. Good he's bunch. He's a good user. Yeah. Oh, good. and he's a weekend columnist at my newspaper, Two Check Marks. Yes. <laughs> well, I assumed if I didn't offer to return it, they would take it away from me. That's I, this wasn't entirely altruistic on my part. So, uh, Vic, how'd you like your present? It's. I don't even know where it is. I lost it. Is it? Uh, it's a. Uh, is it, it's is it pretty good? It's, it's. I can't wait to get to work on it. Thank you. Lots of uh, lots of coloring to be done. I. <laughs> Thank you. That's. That, I'm, oh, I'm setting yes, you up I, here. I know. I know. How no, is it? No, Vic? No, no, How no, is that's it? That's not my line. That's your oh, line. I'm not well, taking your line. What do you um, think, JVL? Will your wife be okay with this? I'm sure it's fine. 